Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What is up? What is good? How you living? Hope it's good. Welcome to the neighborhood. It is Sims and Lefko, the most dynamic of all duos in the history of the world. Yeah. Uh, I thought that until last week. You know what's funny, Sims? It's good to have you back. Uh, how, how did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? It was good. Did you enjoy it? I did. Good. Uh, a lot of people got in on your whole little gimmick. Right. About how Adam is a cheater and you're just this saving savant. And it was almost very fortuitous. Right. That I turned on the television this past weekend and a movie came on. Right. And it was a little movie called Two for the Money. Starring Jeez. Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey. Was. You did. And it was, was talking about, it was talking about this football player that got hurt and he couldn't play anymore. So right. he used his knowledge of the game to pick games. Right. And that was Matthew McConaughey. Wasn't Pacino the loser who just like, succumbed to McConaughey sleeping with his wife and everything at the end, too? Pacino, That's who you are? Pacino, Pacino the loser. was the guy. I will not sleep with Edom. I won't do it. Pacino was the guy. Who ran the whole racket. And he created John Anthony. Right. And I want you to know, Sims, that you might think that you're the hot shot right now. <laughs> but I need you to know whose operation this is. Hey, sure. All right, yep. show him that beautiful picture. I need you to understand that when we talk about something right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Two for the money. They bet it all and made no money in theaters worldwide winter. 2018. You're some <laughs> hot shot kid thinking he's all all good looks and charm. Wait until you get a nice two win week, Man. a three win week. What's that picture of me from? I'm on the sidelines. You're on the Titans. Yeah, okay, it was the Titans. Shout yeah. out to Steve Bruffo who made that graphic. But it was so funny because I I watched, I saw the movie, and there's a part where uh, he like, can't go wrong, right? And then he has a week where he gets like three right. And he and I, it, the look in his face was just like complete disaster. And I've seen that in your face, and you see that in my face, where you go like, "How did I get two wins? How did I only get two right?" I and I doesn't really matter. I'm never right in any week. Like I said, doesn't matter. Uh, you got the chance to be on Sunday Night Football last I did, night. Yes. Congratulations! Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, and I want to just do Lefko ask Sims about people on the field and wants to get Sims's reactions. Okay, cool. What was it like to see Le'Veon Bell in person? Oh, that's. The person you should ask about really first. yes levy on bell uh in person tv just does not do the man justice okay, okay. first of all great legs and ass let's well, just start obviously. there yes uh just a bigger man than i think he looks like on tv but lefko man a few of the cuts he made what is it like to watch that patience in person? The patience is phenomenal. The explosion's a little bit better than mm. you think when you watch on TV. But, man, he caught a few of those, like, checkdowns out of the backfield and turn around and just did oh. the old that to Blake Martinez. or His jersey was on the they field. They were all – I mean, it was unreal. Big Ben. 
How yes. does he look? Shape-wise. Looks better. Really? He does. Not as portly not, Ben. Not as big. He doesn't that yes, he he looks pretty good. I thought Big Ben uh really threw the ball well last night. Antonio Brown in person. Antonio Brown in person. Man, uh holy crap all of what catches. Uh, the most the thing I'm most amazed by about Antonio Brown. Yeah. Is the size of the man who can go up and catch balls that are high in the That's air. That's what I meant. Him just as a man. When you came on the field, we were like, wow, he's smaller than I, I Well, thought? I've been on the field with him before because I've been to practice in Pittsburgh and all that. Yes, he is a small guy. And I'm never amazed by his straightaway speed when I see him in person. So right. I'm never like, oh my gosh, wow. But, but his quickness and his ability to jump and the body control, yeah. that is off the charts. Uh, most important. How was Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball pregame? He was good. That was really early, so I didn't get to witness that. Oh. It was like three hours before pregame. I have it in all caps. I know, but but I did talk to him. No. I did. Greatest quarterback we've ever seen. You talked to him. I did. What was the setting? Well, uh, I'm not going to tell you everything we talked about, but if he was walking, <laughs> yeah, sorry, can't. Can't tell you. Can't do it, Captain. I gotta have. I gotta have some trust tree factor. Dude, I don't know if we have any like uh, really intense music. So Chris Sims is walking. So I'm actually standing. I'm. I've done two Chris segments. Chris Sims is actually standing. I'm standing there. I've done two segments of the pregame, yes. and I see Aaron Rodgers walking. He's on the caddy corner end zone. He's way far away from me, yeah. 60 yards away. I see him. He's walking in our direction. I'm like, oh, there's Aaron Rodgers. That's cool. And then of you course. stood up and you went, Aaron, I, was I already blow st- you. <laughs> All the time, I blow you. I was standing. Uh, I was just standing there. And I, I wasn't going to bother him. I was like, you know, I'm not going to be like Johnny Annoying Guy and go like, hey, Aaron Rodgers, nice Sims. to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. He, he got closer. I saw him look over at the set and he saw me. And then he kind of like looked wink? away. No, he looked away. Okay. But then I would say about 10 seconds later, he looked back at me and he made like legit eye contact <gasps> with me and came over to me. And what is you feeling at this moment? Uh, I you, was, was your, were you, were well, you I nervous? mean, you know, I, I mean, I don't get nervous anymore. I've been around <laughs> these guys too much in my life, but, um, Hey, listen, it was great to meet him. You know how much I think of well, you're him. You're not gonna tell me anything. So you the thing, about. all right. So just I'll tell you the first thing Jeez. we talked about. Okay, the first thing we talked about, and I just said, "Hey, man, what's up?" And he looked at me and he was like, "Hey, man, you look good, man. You can you still can play, play, right? Now. right? He kind of said that. That must have felt good. He did. He did. So he said that, and then I just said, <laughs> "Man, so what's up? How you feeling? How's everything going?" And he goes, "Oh, man, I really wish I was playing tonight." And I said, huh, "Don't have to tell me. Nobody wish you were playing more than me." I said, "I'm your biggest fan." And he kind of looked at me, and he was like, I know. Like, he said he knew. Yeah. He's like, I appreciate it. He's like, I appreciate your support. So the words from the Sims and Lefko podcast are making their way into the Packers. That's it's, awesome. Right? At least he's found out. I mean, I have gone on Wisconsin radio a handful of times on some of their biggest radio yeah. shows. And Anything else? Anything else you're willing to share? No, that's about it. Can you it. just give me like a topic header? No, nope, can't do it. Can't do it, Captain. No, Olivia Munn. Uh, I just know I shook his hands and I said, Dan, those hands are long. That's why he can throw that's that. That's Well, that's just what I do. I scout guys out. <laughs> uh, so they're uh, great game. Great game. Man, really consistent of the Steelers to play down to the level of their opponents. Yes. Uh, one thing that, that was shown during the game that I thought was interesting, I don't know if you saw this graphic, mm-hmm. they showed right after the Packers tried to ice the Steelers kicker. Right. The percentage that field goal kickers do when being iced. Right. Less than a minute left, how they do after a timeout or if there's no timeout. Right. What do you think is better? What do you think kickers do better in? I, I am going to say the fact of no time. I mean, they do better with a timeout. With a timeout, they're 78%. Right. Without a timeout, 73%. Yeah. It's a 5% difference. Right. Why are people calling timeouts? Yes. They've had it long enough now to get a good sample size. No doubt about it. Why are they calling timeouts? You're, you're letting I don't them, think Belichick calls timeouts. No, you're letting them regain their thoughts and take time instead of a frantic time to go, okay, we got to get set, the play clock's going down, all those things play into the fact now the new thing everybody's doing and what happened last night with Mike McCarthy, right, is he calls a timeout before you can even yeah. take that practice kick that everybody used to be used know. to get. But so uh, yeah, it was a fun game. We have a number of big baller battles today. And guess who it's brought to you by? 
Who's that? Lefko. Because uh, <laughs> I'm the sponsor here. So our first big baller battle, inspired by yesterday, yes. is Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. Ooh. I have allowed you sit up here for years now and besmirch the good name of Antonio Brown. And what I saw yesterday was freaking amazing. Yesterday, Antonio Brown went 10 for 169 and two touchdowns. Julio, not to be outdone, went 12 for 253 and two touchdowns. Now, I will say this. Julio Jones is an absolute amazing man. But I am willing to say that if we were to create the ultimate lineup right. from all time, right. and it's a three-wide receiver set, there is nobody you could tell me that I'm putting in the slot over Antonio Brown. He's the perfect player for that position. I don't know if Julio starts on the outside. I don't know if he's beating T.O. I don't know if he's outrunning Randy Moss, and I don't think he's starting over Jerry Rice. Right. But I do know that Antonio's got a spot on my roster. Right. And from what I saw last night, yeah. that catch at the end, that catches the entire game, right. the ability to go up and catch the ball at its highest point when yep. he's being outmeasured by anybody, I... I think it's at least closer than we've led on these last few years. I mean, I always say he's, you know, borderline top five, six, seven. But we've always said there's a gap between Odell and Julio and Antonio. And I don't know if there is. Oh, I really I, don't know. I'm sorry. I I think there is, plain and simple. I mean, there was a play last night that just encompassed it all. He caught a ball. He's running down the middle of the field with nobody in front of him. And haha, Clinton Dix ran him down from behind. Never happens with A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham So here's Jr. my question. Never. For Antonio to have been doing this as long as he is, mm-hmm. and he is going to break records for that will stand for a very long time. Sure. He's going to close in on some Jerry Rice longevity Definitely. records. Yes. To have that kind of success right. for that long, yep. what if Odell comes back slower yeah, with his injury? What if Julio doesn't last as long? How do I compare somebody like Josh Gordon, who was such a bright flame for such a short amount of time, and compare that to someone who's done it now for like well, a I decade? Mean, we're talking about Josh Gordon to Antonio I'm, Brown now? I'm talking about extrapolating okay. numbers from a small sample size to Antonio Wait, Brown's. My thing with, the, like, get off the fucking number train, dude. You know who the second best quarterback in football is according to the numbers right now? Who? Alex Smith. Oh, man, fuck it, eh? Let's abandon ship on all quarterbacks. Alex Smith is the best in the game. Gabe, don't laugh. You're, so, you're, you're getting involved. I just, uh, he's amazing. But, but I will say this. He I feel like we've amazing. always said that with Antonio Brown. Yes. But I know that it's more than the numbers. No, it, you're right. It is. He is amazing. And every guy we have in here, they go, you know who's amazing? Antonio right. Brown. Right. They all say But it. I don't hear any coach or defensive coach or – or Jay Gruden or anything saying, oh, well, the Giants haven't won a game because they don't have their best player, Odell Beckham Jr. Now listen, Antonio Brown's amazing. There's no yes. doubt he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Yes, I understand that. I'm just saying I don't think he's in that class of those guys right there. Joe Nicholson is a longtime listener. Goes, this reminds me of Lefko saying Brady was better than Rodgers after the Super Bowl. I did say that. <laughs> But he was the quarterback that I would take. Hey. He's not the best quarterback of all time, but I think he's the greatest, if that makes any sense. Well, yeah, he is the greatest accomplishments, yeah. plain and simple. Uh, by the way, Mohamed Sanu, a perfect 158.3 career passer rating. Yeah. Six for six, 228, and three touchdowns. Sims taught him how to throw. Man. Uh, let's take a look at Sims's power rankings after week 12. And surprise, surprise, he's the only member of the media. All of them are lying to you. With That's... the New England Patriots at number one. You want the truth? Come to Bleacher Report. A real report. hater of Philadelphia. He has the Vikings at three, the Rams at four, and the Panthers at five. For those out there, the rest of the top ten is Steelers at six, Saints at seven, falling from three, Falcons at eight, Jaguars at nine, and the the Seahawks at 10. Uh, the Rams move from 8 to 4. I'm going to break down those two teams, Rams and Saints, a little bit later, but we need to talk about your top team, and that is the Patriots and Sims. It was your top bet of the week, and yet again, no, it was your second it was a bet. I bet $10. It was one of my biggest bets. <laughs> Here's our bets. I'll tell you what Sims did right afterwards. I am. This is one of my big bets of the week. Okay. I know it's 16 and a half. I do not care. I am putting $300 on the New England Patriots because we are in that zone. We are in the super focus zone, and I don't think there is a team worse equipped for this Patriots offense than the Miami Dolphins. I'm going $10 on the Pats. I actually I picked the Pats to win the game 35 to 17. Okay, but this is what really. So that's a cover. It's a cover. 
And the reason I show that is, for the second time this season, Sims nails a score. Whoa, yeah. hey, oh, oh, oh. And the Patriots won that one exactly 35-17. to 17. Yep. Not sure if you saw a little bit of this game, but Belichick, absolutely diabolical, calling the fake punt on the first series. No doubt about it. Dolphins hurt all week. You can't stop this team. They stop them. Yep. And then he comes out there and fakes it and takes their soul it away. It was there for them to make oh, that game close, certainly. It really was. Yes. Um, I noticed something that I feel like the Patriots are starting to get afraid of Goskowski kicking. I noticed two instances in the second half. One time they had the ball in the 34. One time they had the ball in the 25. And one time they punted and the other time they went for it. Up right. 17 points. Right. I I don't know if you've been thinking that too, because Guskowski hasn't been as reliable as of late. Yep. But I'm curious, where are the Patriots in terms of what you've seen in them in the past in terms of that flow? Yeah. I talked about them being in that focus zone. Yeah. No, they're they certainly are. I, I think you know, yesterday was not their cleanest football game, certainly, especially not on the offensive team. side of the ball. Yes. I, I just hey. Uh, they slept walk. They walked into a field uh, against a team they knew they were better than. And really, there's no star power on the Dolphins that you're scared about. It's Matt Moore starting at quarterback, and it was Jay Cutler, who wasn't all that impressive before that. So, yeah, the Patriots did what they needed to do. The defense is still what is really impressive to me. I mean, it really is. They're, they're getting to the point where they can really shut out people at times. It's incredible how many guys they've lost on defense and the fact that they went into that game missing two offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. They've now lost possibly, if Ebner's out for a long time, two core special teamers. Right. Slater and Ebner. Yeah, what did they say about Ebner? Was his knee? Still waiting to see Man, back. His knee buckled. It didn't look good. And I Probably because they're on turf. Yep. Um, but I looked at the Patriots and went, I have no fear. They have none of these players. I have no fear. Yeah. It's incredible. Yes. I thought about this too. Brady is probably number one for Belichick in terms of most valuable player on his team. Right. Who do you think is number two? Um, number two is still Gronkowski. Who is yes. number three? Number three. I'm Solder? G- Solder's but up they, there. All those Trey are- Flowers is up there. He's going to be in the top five? Yes, Trey Flowers. Everything he does for that defense, I think so. Yeah, Actually, and we're, we're underestimating McCourty. He McCourty. is the most. You always give him love, and he is always the most. He's a phenomenal guy. football player. He really is. He just d- goes about it in a nice, quiet demeanor. I actually like your rankings Thank because you. I don't like the Eagles to be number one because right. I'm tired of saying of of everyone just putting him in the Super Bowl. They're awesome. I mean, I, I'm not. You know that. I I love the. There was nobody. I mean, I was on the bandwagon early with for, Wentz and everything. But yes, I just not going to pick them to win a game against the New England Patriots right now. Sorry, I am, I am such a scorned Eagles fan from here. Hearing all this stuff right now, that people are like, oh, you beat the Bears. And I went, when have the Eagles taken a week off? I just watched the Steelers yeah. barely nudge out right. Brett Hundley at home, and you're going to question a team that's beaten the shit out of every Everybody. team they played? Everybody. They have not had a bad what is, week. What is the last close game you guys played in? The Giants 24 20 The Giants was a close game. Washington was close. Carolina was close. Right. But those are good football teams. They are. You're right. And they still won by like double digits. No doubt about but it. But there's no consistency in the NFL. Unless for the last eight weeks, it's been Vikings, Eagles, Patriots, and and the Saints. Yeah. And then they kind of falter. Well, yeah. Uh, the other game, though, that was your big bet. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Thanksgiving. Oh, my god! And relive Sims's beautiful bet, and mine as well, for the Chargers. But Sims went ham. I am going to be betting um, $200 on the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego Chargers. <laughs> I'm going $800. Play that music. Los Angeles. Chargers. Woo. Going to be eating some turkey down in Dallas. Oh, God. It's good seeing yourself dance. You literally turn away now. Gosh. Um. Chargers. Yes. I've heard you speak of it. We've been watching them get better. Right. Their run defense better. Mm-hmm. Their pass defense is fantastic with that pass rush. Yeah. And the offense is clicking. How much of a real threat 
are the Chargers to the Patriots. We I, always talk about the Patriots standard. Yes. I, I In a lot of ways, I look at the Chargers and think they match up better with the Patriots than the Steelers do. And I know that sounds crazy, but being there in person again last night seeing Pittsburgh Steelers, their secondary scares me. When you talk about the Chargers and you talk about, yes, you've talked about the cover corners they got over there, Casey Hayward, the safety play they have right now uh, with J- 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 uh, Jaleel Adai. Yes. Boston uh, in the back end. Denzel Perriman being back in the in the lineup at the middle linebacker position is a huge difference maker for them. And then, yes, the D-line, it's what we've seen as far as a threat to the Patriots, right? It's teams that can rush the front four. These guys are unbelievable. They are unbelievable. It's the best duo in the game. And when they line up on the same side like we saw a little bit on Thanksgiving, it's really tough to stop them to ask a guard and a tackle to both block these guys one-on-one. So from that standpoint, I look at it and go – Okay, their defense is capable of at least matching up and slowing down New England at times. Now, New England's offense will always break through. Right. Do you think the Chargers' offense with Phillip Rivers, it's been a little bit inconsistent this year. Yeah. And it looked great against Dallas. Right. But can that offense keep up against the Patriots' defense that you just talked about is starting to really hit their stride? I, I do. From the, the biggest thing that, that jumps out to me about the Chargers, and I know I said this a little with the breakdown as, as far as the Cowboy game, their pass protection. It's top-notch. It's one of the best in football. And they had all the, those big injuries preseason. Yes, and it's amazing what they're doing. I mean, they really they, they blocked incredible against a Dallas front forward that I think a lot of. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't believe, got a sack against them right. either. So that's saying a lot. So when you have that, Phillip Rivers, and then weapons that are I – th- I would hope everybody realizes how talented they are now because they've kind of got flew under the radar with Benjamin and Keenan Allen and our other guy um, – uh, you have Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry, yes, Antonio uh, Gates. I'm Tyreek Williams. Uh, Ty- Tyrell Williams. Tyrell, Tyrell yeah. Williams, yes. So when you have that group there, it's extremely impressive. But I do look at the Chargers. If you ask me three teams that come to mind where I go, they can go to New England and maybe pull an off upset, yeah. and that's always a maybe with New England. Of course. It's the, the Chargers, the Steelers. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. So mm. Those would be the three teams I look at and could go, maybe they could pull it off up there. They were very close to beating them a few weeks ago if Travis Benjamin doesn't run backwards and take a safety. They they were in there. No doubt. If Phillip Rivers doesn't yeah. throw a ball backwards 30 yards when they're in field goal range, yeah. it was little things like that. So they're hot right now. I wouldn't want to play the Chargers. Awesome. Uh, Sam Conkey says, I live for Sim saying things scare him. Guy probably hates Halloween. <laughs> you know why I say things scare me? Because nothing scares me. Nothing. Because I'm a freaking idiot. That's why I got 100 stitches in my face and no spleen and broken ankles and everything else. Because I'm a fucking idiot. It is that time of the year where as the Eagles could possibly clinch the division on Thursday. I don't know if I've ever... Is there when's the early? Like, I can, I don't remember anybody in the month of November. Oh, just bathe me in that song. <laughs> it's early. It's not even December yet. No, that and game the will be the thirtieth. The, the fact that it comes at the hand of a possible Dallas loss, yes, it just makes it that much sweeter. But as we can clinch the X, Y, and Z next to our logo, right. there are other teams that are clinching a fond farewell. And I'd like to take this time to say goodbye to some things in the NFL that are going by the wayside. Oh, what a quarterback carousel it was. The Cleveland Browns. Eliminated from playoff contention, Hugh Jackson, I bid you adieu. Sorry, Hugh. Our favorite coach in the NFL with a quarterback from Iowa and a defense that is still in Iowa. (laughs) The San Francisco 49ers are eliminated from playoff contention. Sorry, Kyle. And a team that Sims picked to go to the Super Bowl. (laughs) 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 What? The New York Giants. (laughs) Adios. Amigos. A few other things that, these are concepts. One, the Legion of Boom. Cam Chancellor is officially out for the year, joining Richard Sherman. Earl Thomas is all out there on his lonesome. And I believe this may have been the last time we've seen the Legion of Boom in full force. See you, Legion. That is correct. No more boom. I got another one. DeMarco Murray. Yeah. I watched you yesterday get 12 carries for nine yards, and I watched Derrick Henry pile up 10 carries for 79 in the second half, and it's the only reason they beat the spread and ruined one of my left goal locks because the Colts had it. DeMarco Murray, just leave. 
you're a possible playoff team and you literally do nothing except fall forward for touchdowns. I, I don't even want to blame him. I want to blame the Titans. Like, why do they keep giving him the I ball so much? I, he needs to. He it, needs a farewell. Am I blind to not I, I, seeing the same game I'm when I watch there, them? I'm watching the game going, just don't be Henry. Don't be Henry. <laughs> I got one more. Oh, seems like yesterday that Alex Smith was going to be the MVP. I mean, holy shit, it was a lock. And now I, I don't even know if you're going to be the starting quarterback of your team anymore. So Alex Smith MVP chances, I bid you farewell. And that's our week. We're going to do this every week. I like that. As teams get eliminated, yes. or in my mind, as storylines get, like, get eliminated. Right. Oh, there's a, I have plenty. Because just things that we were saying earlier in the year. But isn't that like the number one thing that's like the quarterback rating thing? When I look at that, I just go, there's something wrong. Like, yeah, I, I, it makes me want to check QBR versus QBR two. rating. Yeah, QBR is better. Um, all right. So, speaking of Alex Smith, let's get to a little bit of coach speak. Quotes from coaches. Andy Reid said today, it's not on one guy, and that has to be understood. It's not one person. And I completely agree. Yeah. Nothing in the NFL goes on one guy, even though we literally put everything into the quarterback position. But you said to Cam in the office last week, if the Chiefs don't cover the spread, let alone win the game, Alex Smith's going to need to come out. And then I put on Pro Football Talk this morning, and you went, they don't know. Look, it depends where they are. What are you going to do? <laughs> what is your take? Because you said that, and I was there to hear it. Yes. I... This is where I, I don't – they got to have the conversation. I don't want to back down from what I'm saying. I guess what I'm saying, what you heard me say this morning is you got to do right by the player to a degree too. And you're going to be asking a lot of a Patrick Mahomes to go, go ahead, say Could Patrick Mahomes come in and turn this around? I would like to think so, yes. Could Patrick Mahomes come in and make them a legitimate Super Bowl contender? I, I don't know that. Is it worth it for Patrick Mahomes' development to get six games under his belt to go into next year? Yeah, I, Yes, I will say that. It's a tough situation because then he's going to get in there, and if it doesn't go well, people are going to be on his back. So it's it's a really... So it really depends what you're seeing in practice it does and how a ready bit. he is. Yes, so I know I said that strongly last week. And, with man, no microphones on, so I'm I'm bringing no, up but it's okay, it's all right. I, I think I said it with microphones on too. It, it's just it's a tough situation where I go, you're Andy Reid, you're going to be there for the next few years, yes. And the state of mind, the development of a young kid, is it really fair to go? You know, you haven't done shit in 13 weeks since preseason game number four. You haven't got any reps with the ones. We're still in the playoff hunt. We're still winning the AFC West. Can you come in here and save the day? Yeah. Now, if they think he's that. Got that kind of moral fiber and everything about him to do that, then you do pull the you pull the trigger. But if and make you the think a full off season with a full training camp and a full year to prepare is better for him, that's the most important thing. Right. My main answer was this: the Chiefs are not going to win anything this year. You're right. So the question is, is it better for Mahomes to get to... I don't give a shit what the fans think. I know. If he doesn't play well, you go, the offense wasn't good I think that's where I err. I think you're right. I think that's where, if you made me choose one of the two, I'd go, just get him out there now and get it going. You're not going to win the Super Bowl, I go back. I go back to the Donovan McNabb when Mm -hmm. he was behind Doug Peterson. Right. And he played the last five games of the year. He really wasn't that good. Yes. But... All the jitters were out. Yes. All the newness was out. And the Chiefs are not winning shit this year. There is something to that. But I do think getting out there and getting hit right away and still having an entire offseason. Now, are we going to micro, like, microscopically look at every single thing he does? Of course. Yes, we are. But I know. it's good to get the reps out of the way. It is. Otherwise, you're There's a Paxton something to Lynch. That. Yeah. You're, well, to have those games and reps under your belt, you're right. There's no more questioning yourself in the offseason. You go, okay, I've been there. I feel comfortable. Big guys flying around me, I'm used to it, yeah. and I know I can handle the speed of the game and everything like that, and it can give you something to build on in the offseason. So if you're making me choose, I would say yes, do it. Okay, mm. I'll say you're that ready. tomorrow to make sure that gets uh, reaffirmed. All right, you're but ready. yes, I do. I think so. Yeah, I, it's very funny. They played the Bills, who were trying to do the same thing. Yes, and they, they, but they learned. Nathan Peterman's not the guy. 
they know that Mahomes is the guy. The question is, do you want to throw him in now or do you want to wait? And I heard people say, like in some of the pregame shows yesterday, well, they don't want to bench Alex Smith because they don't want to hurt his trade value. What? There's no trade exactly. There's no trade value. Alex Smith is a free agent. He will be gone. Everybody knows he's gone. Yes. Nobody's going to give up anything special for Alex Smith. They know that Kansas City's not going to keep an eighteen million dollar backup to Patrick Mahomes. So you're right. There's no trade value. There are certain players in this league that set the bar, and there are others that are the bar. And what Sims and I do every single week is tell you who didn't just raise the bar. They were the bar. Week 12, Sims. Who's your guy? I got to give a guy a little love that I've been critical of in the past, and that's Jared Goff. He was the bar for me. I was extremely impressed. I watched the film back earlier today, and Jared Goff made a number of phenomenal plays in a tough football game where there wasn't people always wide open like I thought maybe on TV. When I really went down and broke it back down, the things I like about Jared Goff, one, his demeanor, two, he's unflappable in the pocket. He's a different man than what I saw last year, which I give him a lot of credit for, and he made a handful more plays on the game, in the game on Sunday that Drew Brees didn't make. And that was a big reason why they won the football game. Lefko, he had a number of throws, and I wrote this in my notes where I just said, man, the ball absolutely exploded out of his hands. Yeah, Good for Jared Goff. Good for Sean McVay. He is the bar for me. It's good for you to give credit to a Los Angeles Rams quarterback, but I'm going to need to give further credit to a guy that is still being disrespected by way too many people. And if you're not thankful for what you saw from Case Keenum on Thursday, mm-hmm. then you need to check yourself. If you didn't appreciate him standing under the barrel of a gun and throw that beautiful touchdown on that corner route, then you don't understand what you're watching. With a quarterback controversy somehow looming consistently, he went out there on the national stage and outdueled Matthew Stafford. This guy, Case Keenum, continues to lead a Minnesota Vikings team to a possible buy in the playoffs yep. and is getting no respect. So as you talk about his replacement in Jared Goff and the possible replacement in Teddy Bridgewater, just know that Case Keenum has changed the career arc of his future, his family's future, and his future income because he has not only raised the bar, he has been the bar the entire season. Case Keenum was sick. 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 That touchdown throw was amazing. Yeah. I replayed it for my dad five times. That corner like, out to oh the right side? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was. Phenomenal for to Rudolph? Throw. I know. With the, with the corner barreling at his face? He's fearless. Perfect touch. And for somebody— And he, ru- he avoids so many sacks. Sneaky athletic. He really is. I think is. he's one of the, the NFL leaders in percentage of— pressures that turns into sacks. I believe Like, it. he's able to just dodge the whole time. You know, I, I, always a big thing for me, and I'm going to pull it up just as I talk about it, but a big thing for me always in quarterback play is how you do on third down. Yeah. And third down is quarterback down. Money and the down. Minnesota Vikings are second in football in third down. And it's because Carson of Case. It's, be, it's because of Case Keenan. Yes, you're right. His ability to run, his ability to make those throws, his control of the offense is the reason why I'm taking the Vikings a lot more serious than everybody else. Yeah. Everybody still, when I talk about the Vikings with them, goes, "Yeah, but it's it's Case Keenum," and I go, "Yeah, but I don't listen to your opinion anymore." That's usually how it goes. <laughs> uh, speaking of your baller, it is time for the second. Big Baller Brand Battle brought to you by Lefko. This one is Carson Wentz versus Jared Goff. Here's why. Bears defensive lineman Akeem Hicks talked about Wentz's growth from year one to year two. Right. Quote, the difference between who we played last year and what he was today is crazy. He's so much better. Kudos to him and all the work he put in. During the game, Tony Romo said about Jared Goff, quote, Goff is doing a ton at the line of scrimmage, more than anybody I've seen in their second year in a long time, probably since Peyton Manning. My first question is, isn't it probably since Carson Wentz? What is Goff doing at the line that is more than Wentz? Yeah, I don't I don't see that. I think their offense is... That was is, just Romo effusing praise. Yeah, I mean, I think he was probably trying to effuse praise in the fact that the offense is a hair more complex than your offense. Okay. Uh, in Philadelphia, I mean that. But don't get it mixed up, anybody out in the public. There, there's, this is, there's, a, there's a different level of play here. Carson Wentz, if you put Carson Wentz on the Los Angeles Rams right now, they would be the best offense in football. It would, he would hands down be the MVP. It wouldn't be close. 
again, I'm going to stand by this. They have a good offensive line in Philadelphia. They don't have one number one receiver on the roster. It's a bunch of number twos and number threes. There's a reason really nobody out there wanted Alshon Jeffrey long-term. Torrey Smith has been a post-and-a-go route runner his whole career. There's a reason you haven't seen him do anything really in between. Um, Nelson Aguilar, a nice little player, certainly. But when you watch the Philadelphia Eagles, they move the ball down the field because of Carson Wentz a lot of times, just his pure physical ability, throws, throws on the run, hanging in the pocket. And this is not a knock on Jared Goff. This is Jared Goff is still phenomenal and a superstar caliber type quarterback. Mm. But he's not in the physical class. Carson Wentz is special. He is really special. You're looking at a guy that is gigantic. He is a lot bigger man than uh, Jared Goff. Yes. He's a lot faster than Jared Goff. Arm strength, very similar. Very similar. Very similar. Both got great arms. Goff might have a little bit more deep touch. Maybe. But Wentz has more of a a flick of the wrist and a hand on the run and things like that. He also has a stronger intermediate throw. I would agree. Uh, Here's my question for you. I don't know if you saw this. There's a video of Goff doing all of the checks. But what also came from that video is you can hear McVay talking to Goff. And the story that's come out is that the the Rams line up very quickly. And they're not cutting it off in time. McVeigh, they get up there quick enough because right. it cuts off with 15 seconds left. He is actually assessing the defense and calling audibles to Jarrett Goff. That's the reason they're getting out there so quickly. That's when the headset communication cuts off. Where did you hear all this? So this is it, It's been all over the internet today. Oh, this is going to be a big issue then. You're not supposed to be able to do that, plain and simple. I mean, you're not. When you break the huddle, it should be cut off. It's, it's not fair to have anybody. Because my thought would be maybe that's why the Vikings had so much success is because all the, we talked about this, their defense looks so similar that right. the audibles don't matter. But if I'm playing the Rams, right. I'm not getting set until I see it's 15 seconds left. That's a little scary. I mean, it is. Again, you know, it's probably another example of you know the NFL owners didn't want to spend an extra $100,000 to have somebody there to regulate that, and they haven't done that. But – I've been I've I've had it happen to me in games before where I broke the huddle and they didn't cut it off and Gruden might have been in my ear this didn't happen consistently through a game but he might have been in my ear and go oh you know watch the strong safety blitz he's getting low and it alerted me to it and I got to the proper player whatever it, it may be It reminds me so much of Gruden because I feel like Sean McVay is the new Gruden he is. he's the young offensive Did whiz you see kid. his post game press conference I mean his post game so locker good. room talk I got chills down my spine. That was John Gruden talking. It's did he never coach under John Gruden? He coached under Jay. No, he was under. He started his career right after I left. He went. Kyle was Gruden's bitch boy. Yeah. Then there was another bitch boy in between, and then McVay came. He is so polished. When I saw that speech, the first thing I thought was he is prepared for everything. He is. He practiced that speech beforehand. He had the winning speech ready, the losing speech ready. He doesn't get it wrong, but the audible thing. So this is a thing. You you think that's illegal? Well, it is illegal. The rule is 15 seconds. Or as soon as you break the huddle, you're not it allowed to be able to do that. It made me respect Goff's game less because if I'm having a coach that's breaking down the field, yeah, I, that's it gives not you a few clues. Listen, Jared Goff's a smart kid. I don't think it's going to be an issue going forward. I don't want to make too much of a big deal yeah. about it, but yeah, that's something the NFL is certainly going to have to look at Let's and, see and if cut that's it a off. Thing. Right. Uh, LeBron came out today and said Carson Wentz is his favorite player. I saw that on the TV just as I was walking by before, and I thought of you, of course, right what away. You think? But I thought, well, that's why me and LeBron were friends because we like the same players. Similar and teams eye for <laughs> uh, The Eagles yesterday. This is just for fun. Do you know what the yardage was between them and the Bears at halftime? Oh, I mean, I don't. At one point, when I was flipping back to the game and watching, did the Bears only had like one time, one first down, right? At halftime, it was two hundred and seventy-two to thirty-three. Holy cow, dude! It, I couldn't even watch it. No, it was a steamroll session, and I. I still can't believe it's the Eagles that I'm rooting for. Uh, all right, I have two out of left go fields, and I want you to know. I want you to tell me if I'm being crazy, right. or if I'm on the right track. Okay. The New Orleans Saints can be undone in the playoffs because of Sean Payton's continued mismanagement of game situations. For the second time this season, I watched Sean Payton call a timeout at the end of the half, which gave new life to the opposing offense. Yes. Happened to the Patriots. The Rams almost took advantage of it yesterday. They dodged it, right? Yes. I remember. I was watching. Yes. Go ahead. Then, 
They kick a field goal on the one, right. down 13, still a two-score game with just 10 minutes remaining in the game when you haven't stopped the Rams all game. Then, still down two scores with 7.55 left, they punt again. I am getting concerned that Sean Payton, a great coach with a lot of hubris and ego, his mismanagement of the game situation could undo this team. I am not the biggest fan of McCarthy or Tomlin. I believe that Payton is a better X's and O's coach than both of them. But those two are great game management coaches. They are. And when I watched the Sunday night game, the first thing I thought was... Peyton would be would be messing up half of these situations. Am I right or am I wrong? He does get emotional at times, Sean Payton. He plays like he's in Madden. No, I'm gonna call timeout and get the ball back and I, score I, in three I, seconds. I got to go back and watch the you know I watched the film. Yeah, uh, and I'll say this: I got no problem with him cutting it to ten with a little over what was it, ten or eleven minutes? There's ten there. minutes left. Yes, I have no problem with that because then it's a touchdown and a field goal. Yes, and. They but still then got they went Drew down Brees. and scored the field goal, so it was touchdown, touchdown anyway. But yes, but the, I'll, I'll say this too: their defense was hanging in there. I mean, they're even though the stats for the Rams was good, this is a team that was what still three for fourteen on third down, and they were relying very heavily on some pass interference. They got calls. right. It was a defensive yeah. battle type football game. So I'm not going to go ham on them. It's something I un, I would say we should be alerted to it. Yes. You're definitely right about that. It's just been something that's been kind of a career-long thing of him because he does get emotional. When I think you, this might be a good thing, actually. Oh, that he has to learn from it? That he's going to look at it and go, he's not being ultra-aggressive, well, Sean see, Payton, I don't even know if time. people are questioning him down in New Orleans. I just know this. When you kick an onside kick in the Super Bowl and it works, you kind of think you can do whatever you want for the next few years, which is what I think happened to him. He was like, I'm a genius. I mean, everyone, you, that is getting coaching credit when you make a play like that in the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, that was And I feel kahunas. like it's rubbed off. Right. Other out of left go field is, again, the Saints. I don't know... Alvin Kamara is not only Rookie of the Year, (laughs) he is getting my vote right now for Offensive Player of the Mm -hmm. Year. He's averaging 8.1 yards per touch. No running back in the last 25 years has averaged 8 yards per play on 100-plus touching. He's second in the NFC in combined yards behind Gurley. He is second in the NFL in scoring in terms of non-kickers with nine touchdowns. Gurley has, I'm going to do quick math in my head right now, 120... Three, I don't even know if that's accurate. More touches, are you going to say? Gurley has 204 carries. Kamara has 77. Right. And and Kamara also has 12 more catches than Gurley. In 11 games, games, Kamara has gotten more than 10 carries once. In 11 games, Gurley has never gotten less than 10 carries. What he is doing when he touches the ball, I know that Ingram is good. But I do not understand how Kamara is not the featured back. And I think right now he's up there with the Le'Veon Bells. He's up there with the Antonio Browns. And he's going to be, this is what always happens, Carson Wentz gets MVP. And then like Tom Brady gets player of the year. But right now Kamara is my offensive player of the year. I think he is the ultimate weapon right now. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to disagree with you. It's funny you're saying a lot of this too. Because just read this line right here. And we have not talked at all today. Not at all, but that, that line right there. I mean that You wrote Saints played Ingram too much early on. It, I, I don't understand it. I know. He's a good player. The game yesterday was built for Alvin Kamara oh, because it was a outside. team that was a little more speed and Ogletree he had this, was too fast for Ingram. He was. He was all over him. As soon yes. as he got to the hole, you're exactly right, Lefko. So yes, that was an issue. So there there is a point here, you're right there in that game where you just go, Okay, you know what? This isn't the best physical matchup, like a Bill Belichick does all the time with his running backs in New England, right? He just goes, I don't think this guy's good against Gillisley's not as good against this team. Burkhead's not as good yes. against this team. I'm gonna go Lewis. I'm gonna go, you know, James White. What Whatever it may be. Yesterday was a Kamara game. Kamara is phenomenal. What's an Ingram game? An Ingram game is going to be maybe a little bit more of a physical game. Like the Vikings? I meant team-wise. Yes, yeah. I mean, something like that, certainly. I don't even think that's going to be either all the way just because of the speed of those two middle linebackers as well. I don't know when it's not a Kamara game. Well, Kamara's special. I mean, you're not. It's like we saw coming out in the draft. We also, I mean, we we need to drug test the Tennessee coaches down there why they weren't giving him the ball more. Well, oh, yeah, that's right. They're fired. And those fans are idiots with Shiano, too. What was the negatives that we heard about Kamara out of the draft? Remember, people kept saying it. The oh, biggest he, thing was he that he didn't play right away. Well, he didn't play a 
lot. That was really what scared people is lack of carries. You could watch his whole career's worth of carries. And, hey, he's Mr. Georgia. If there's one thing we know about yeah. the state of Georgia, they got ballers. And if you're the, the the main baller in that state, that means you're good. But I was blown away by his performance yesterday. What he does to break tackles, the Running jump routes. Cuts. Oh, my gosh. He was left go. He was open for another 100 yards receiving. And Drew Brees couldn't move in the pocket or get the ball out of his hands to get it to him. It was not Drew's best game yesterday. Hey, guys. We've been trying to tell you that Drew Brees can't win games anymore. I don't, you know. And yesterday was the perfect example. It is a little bit. He no couldn't doubt. make the big throws. Yes. He missed Ted Ginn oh on gosh. that touchdown. Yes. Wow. He missed a few balls that Just were short. Few. Yes. And it was the first time where he looked frazzled in the pocket. Now, Agreed. I don't know if it's because he lost to Ron Armstead midway through the game. But no, it was the he first was time before where I, that. Yeah, he was all over the he place. He was. He was all over the place. It was not a Drew Brees typical performance. He was. He was very uncomfortable in the pocket. Is jumpy. the score different if the two corners are there. I, I would like to think so, because like I said, they were I was much more impressed with both defenses when I went and watched the game back on film. The the Rams were certainly I and you'll you'll read my notes. I said I was actually um a little underwhelmed with the creativity of what the Saints did. I think the Saints approached that game like, we're going to steamroll them in the run game, uh, and the pass game stuff, we don't need to do a whole lot of creative stuff. Well, the run game didn't work out, no. and the pass game, the Rams were all over some of their concepts. And now Wade Phillips, is, you know, he got to play him last year, right, when he was in the Broncos and they played right, the Saints. Right, but, right. but the other thing, too, uh, I was really impressed with the Saints. They were all over some of the Rams schemes. They really were. Dennis now, Allen, huh? Yeah, they, they he did a great job. And if you really think back about the game, you mentioned it, the pass interferences. Oh, the, so many. The Kenny Vaccaro just Losing stopping ball, running. Cooper I don't know Cup. what the hell he was doing. So I do look like, at it and go like a Lattimore he could cancel out of Sammy Watkins. He's that type of player. Right. Just like Xavier Woods did the week before, Xavier Rhodes. So I, I, I would be interested to see that. Is my It'll be a good short. game. Yes. Uh, yeah, it also made me go, man, what is with these teams allowing NFL teams back in these games? You know, they're, they're really not good at I, I know. I know it's, it's hard. Sense. It's hard when you're there. Because you want to back off and you don't want to let the You don't want to be a stupid th- – you don't want to do something stupid on offense. To- my, my thing, though, is if you're watching the Saints all year – when does Breeze ever really take a shot? It's all underneath it crossing is. patterns. Like, it's all that. Yeah. I don't know. One guy that I don't want to lose sight of, because it's every game I watch the Seattle Seahawks, and I watch the first half then try to run it, and they try and help out Russell Wilson, and then they realize it's not possible. So he comes <laughs> out in the second half, and they go four wide, and Russell Wilson just does what he always does. Mm-hmm. Chris Carson is still the leading running back on the Seahawks roster, and right now, Russell Russell Wilson, after an in-season loss, is 23-4, and the best record for a quarterback since 1970. Yeah. And of the 27 offensive touchdowns scored by the Seahawks this year, he is responsible for 26 of them. 94%. So it's it's my. He should be in the MVP discussion. He too. is hands down. If anybody has the three MVP MVP candidates are Wentz, Brady, and Wilson for me. I don't. I think there's a separation between the rest of the football. Goff is if you like if you lo- if you voted for Matt Ryan last year, you're gonna love Jared Goff this year. Yes, I mean you're right. That's that. It's that type of player. But these are guys right now that can do it by themselves in so many ways. And yeah, Brady's not gonna run around, but Brady's sliding the pocket, oh. throwing with people around him, making big throws. That's amazing. Uh, but Wilson is he's taken over the mantle. For Aaron Rodgers, he's the greatest one-man show on, on in, the, in the league right now. I mean, what he is doing, and I thought Gruden did a good job last Monday night against the Falcons. I mean, just basically trying to explain to everybody, like, are you seeing these plays right now? Yeah. This is a Falcons defense that flies around the field. They couldn't contain him. And what was the stat? 85% of their offense is Russell Wilson. It's unreal. That's insane. There were times yesterday where he was slipping sacks, and producer Canvasser said... It's weird because I almost expect it, and it's more shocking if he doesn't break out of those. (laughs) The thing about Brady, too, Brady, watching the Patriots' offense is like watching the Warriors. I didn't appreciate the Warriors' offense until my Sixers got good and they faced them. I always went, oh, yeah, the Warriors are fucking incredible. But when I... the Sixers lost to them, it was demoralizing. You realize how incredible the Warriors are and how hard it is to stop. Yes. You don't appreciate Brady until he beats the shit out of your team. Right. And right. then you go, 
but I haven't seen anybody do this to my defense all year. Right. It's every play, everything is open, everything is perfect, every pass is on the money. It's, it's the perfect formula of scheme and talent all coming together at one time. You're right. It, and it, it, you know, at times, in my eyes, it can take away from the greatness of Brady just yeah. because, I mean, how many catches did Brandon Cooks have yesterday where you go, is there anybody in no. the screen from Miami? We have one more big bowler battle brought to you by Lefko. Uh, this one is Talib versus Crabtree. Ooh, baby. First question, no helmets, Akeem. Hey, did you notice Jordan and Gabe had to switch the j- the duties on the jib? Like Jordan's over there like, man, I've been lifting that jib too long. Jordan looks exhausted. Uh, Talib Crabtree, no helmets, no chains. Who wins in just a fight? I'm going with my man Akeem Talib. Yeah, you like him. I, uh, I'm, I'm a homer with that as far as that's concerned. Better rivalry, yes. Akeem Talib and Michael Crabtree or Richard Sherman and Michael Crabtree? Hmm. I think Akib has taken the the cake now. Uh, what do you think of Akib pulling off the chain again? Good. I do the same thing every week. I would do it to somebody. It, this is not a fashion show, okay? This is football. You want to wear your freaking gold chain out there? I would make a point. If I would play if I was a corner. I would love to be a corner. Man, what would it be like to be like six one or six two and just fast and be fearless and be like, hey, fuck you! I'm in your face and you ain't gonna get open all game. I would love that. And my big question: Yes, Crabtree deserves to be suspended. Why? He sucker punched Chris Harris right. Jr. to start it. Right. On that play, he, blocked, he started it. He blocked Tlaib. Right. For, but and then, kept on, but then, then he Tlaib, ripped it. No, see, this is where I, I, you got it wrong this morning. I know. He ripped it quicker than I said originally. He did. He did. He did. I My it. question is this, though. Right. What is Crabtree doing that has so many corners in the league hating him? He's just got an attitude but about him. All I, wide receivers have attitude. I know. I think his is a little more mean-spirited. What is he saying? Yeah, what is he doing? I don't know. But he, he's like that. I mean, I've been out there to those Raiders practices. I've never seen him smile when I've been there. I've been there for three. I've been there for at least four practices. I've never seen him smile. So he's kind of just got that attitude about him anyways. He is physical and tough, so DBs don't like that. Is there Sometimes cornerbacks get upset with wide receivers when their reputation doesn't match their ability. And Crabtree is, in my mind, an elite number two right. that was sold to us as a number one because of his draft position and for talks so like long. a number one. And do you think that is it? I do. Yes, they, I do. They, they respect the guys. They, they, no one talks shit to Julio. No. No one talks shit to Antonio. No, they do not. No, it, it's... They talk shit to Crabtree because they go, He's well, not how dare deep. you talk to me and I can cover you, so don't do right. that, right? And that's what gets them really angry at the end of the day. That's just what I'm always fascinated with Crabtree is, what is this guy doing? I know. He's getting everybody so mad. Yeah, I think you're you're spot on, though, with what, what you said there. He's he's a guy that probably looks at himself as better mm. than what he really is, and that pisses the DBs off. Sam Conkey asks, could Sim shut down Lefko on some one-versus-one routes? <laughs> Heard Lefko has great hands and a quick first step. <laughs> yep. I would be like Jalen Ramsey on his ass. He, what Sims would do too is it would be a lot. He would do a lot of bump and run. Yeah. I'd really have to like catch him like off balance. But I, I would say that Sims would do fine. He would do fine. Um, Greg Schiano. We talk about uh, Crabtree and how there is his perception of himself compared to everybody else. Yes. I do not. I don't think that I've seen a coach where coach's perception of a coach is so different than the public perception of a coach. It is crazy. Bill Belichick does not get up on the pulpit, <coughs> Trump, for many people that I don't agree with most. That didn't make sense. I just wanted to get the Trump thing in. <laughs> Bill Belichick gets up there and goes, no one has their players more ready for the NFL than Greg Schiano. Yes. He drafted all of those Rutgers guys. All these coaches, your friend Mike Lombardi comes forward and always goes, Greg Schiano is great. Media members respect Greg Schiano. Yeah. But the public hates Greg Schiano. Taking away whether or not what happened in the Sandusky trial, why do you think there's such a gap? Why did the Tennessee revolt to not let him be their head coach? One, he's, you know, Johnny North Jersey and doesn't look like their own. That would be my first thing. And then they just remember the Tampa Bay thing and probably think it's a semi-disaster from that standpoint. Also, when is the Josh Freeman story going to come out? Everyone goes, and what he did to Josh Freeman, and I go, what did he do? No one's ever told the story. Hel- I, I don't. He know just either. got blackballed from the league, and everyone said that he held him hostage. But I, I have never heard the Josh Freeman story. I've never have either. All I know is he's. 
it's a scary time in our world. I mean, we're just going to look back. So, oh, man, there's a lot of places I want to go with this. Shiano. I know, and I'm going to Shiano. But, okay, so we're going off this off of all hearsay, and we have people at the White House chiming in about this. First of all, Tennessee. You're Tennessee, okay? You're not Florida. You're not Florida State. Nobody gives a damn about you. You have been irrelevant for the last 12 years in college football, maybe longer. I mean, really, since Peyton Manning left. You're irrelevant. And Nobody T-Martin cares. won the championship. Yes. So that's you're not you need a football coach in there. These guys, Derek Dooley and Wachimahuzi that was just there. Hey, keep hiring those guys. And you guys can go five and six and four and seven. That's great. All I know is Bill Belichick, Urban Meyer, two of the greatest coaches in the history of college football, think the world of Greg Schiano. Okay? Now can we look back in the past of just about everybody and find things to go, oh, well, we're not going to hire him because he did that. But Steve Sarkeesian's allowed to get drunk around kids and drunk at school events and drink in a private facility from USC and allowed to be the offensive coordinator. Major Applewhite's allowed to sleep with the girl trainer when he's a married man. But that's okay. So it just shows you they didn't like it and they were going to find something to make it not happen. And that's what really bothers me. I know Greg Shiano. He went to my high school. Um, he is a stand-up man. Now, listen, if, if he knew about the Sandusky thing and swept it under the yeah. rug, then screw him. But there's absolutely zero evidence of any of that. So, to me, it just, uh, it's just it's amateur hour in Knoxville. For me, I will say this. Mm-hmm. If the fans get to choose their coach... I actually am not against it. These these universities, they go out and they pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for these scouting services to find coaches, and I've always believed that it's this bullshit system where they really go, Jimmy Sexton, which coach are you representing now? And it's all run by agents that control who the hot coach is. If Tennessee, who I agree with you, is an unbearable fan base with unrealistic expectations, then Arkansas, like Mississippi, these schools believe they're Alabama and they're not. Yes. But the thing is, is if the fans know best, let them pick the coach. If it ends up if they want to bring back Philip frickin' Fulmer, go for it. I guess if so. If that's who you want, then give them what they want. I because guess the so. true You're thing right. is, you know who's paying their salary? Yeah, them. The fans. Right. So I get it. Yep. If they don't want so if they've been told so many times, oh, this is the guy and it's not the guy, then let them pick. I just don't want to hear the, the complaining money. when things go bad. That's what annoys me. You know, it's that that's where it comes back to. All right, I got some quick things before I get to one little thing. Josh Josh Gordon unleashes all from the Bleacher Report app. Download it for free in the App Store. Hugh Jackson says Browns have big plans for Josh Gordon versus Chargers and, quote, will play him a lot. I am. You excited? I am. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, Chargers-Browns is pretty damn exciting. It is. Especially because the Chargers have a good secondary to see him go up against. Tlaib talks brawl. Akeem Tlaib explains fight. Quote, I came out there to play football. I don't know what he came out there to do. And the last one, Martellus Bennett is on IR. Ah, darn it. Yeah, uh, You knew. He talked to you. Yeah. He said he was hurt. Yeah. Last thing I'm going to leave you with. We are two weeks away, but right. I want to be the first one to tell you that week 14 in the NFL is going to be freaking incredible. 13, I know everyone's excited. It's what we're going to do. But I'm getting your head wrapped around the Sims. Don't look at the games. I'm going to tell you the games. Thursday night football, Saints-Falcons. Oh, me likey. These are Sunday's games. Vikings-Panthers. I like it a lot. Seahawks-Jaguars. Yummy. Raiders-Chiefs. Washington-Redskins. Los Angeles Chargers, mm. Eagles, Rams, mm. Ravens, Steelers. Some good ones. I mean, that's seven games yeah. that I really want to watch. Ravens, Rams. Nope. I mean, not Eagles, Ravens. Ram- Eagles, Rams. Yeah, that Eagles, Rams, the... Amazing. The Vikings, Panthers. Saints, Falcons. Saints, Falcons. And Seahawks, Jaguars. And there's a few other games that I didn't put on there that are pretty good games that were better than this past week. But those are primetime matchups. Yes, Week 14, and it's funny, you don't know this, week 14 is the first week of fantasy football playoffs. Oh, so So important. all of a sudden, it gets real serious. It gets real. But I think week 14 is the best slate of games I've seen this year. That's pretty up there. Because I was like, oh, Eagles, Rams is going to be great. And then I looked and went, oh, man, I don't even know if it's top, the, the number one game. But, I mean, week 13 is 
just okay? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, coming up on Wednesday's show, we actually have a lot of interviews. We are going to be interviewing in the next few days. I will be interviewing Brandon Cooks and TJ Watt. And then you and I will be interviewing uh, Isaac Bruce and Moose Johnston. And we will be putting them in podcasts over the next two weeks. Uh, but Wednesday's show, episode 142. How about that Ronnie Lott episode? Jackie Robinson is who Jackie I Ro- prefer. Damn, 42 is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Uh, 142 will be great. That will be coming out Thursday morning. This episode you'll be hearing, obviously, on Tuesday morning. If you are subscribed to the podcast, we love you. Share it with your friends. Go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Following us on Twitter, at Sims and Lefko. Instagram, at Sims and Lefko. Uh, any farewell notes? No, I think the Ravens-Texans is going to be fun tonight. You do? I do. You're picking Texans. I'm picking, no, picking Ravens-17-16. Ravens, but not to cover. Yes. Uh, I don't know what Savage is going to be able to do against this Ravens defense, right. but I'm excited for Clowney to show out. He has five sacks in the last four games. Right. I won in the sack Flacco of Bynes. For Sims. Peace out, homies. Fendrick will say good evening in the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. We'll say good night. Talk to you guys soon. Enjoy.